Hey, thanks for joining me today on this Simple Coach to Coach interview. Appreciate you taking the time and appreciate you having your partner in crime behind you. Um, <laughs> so thanks for joining today. I appreciate your, the opportunity and what you're doing. This is a uh, great visibility for, I think, uh, D3 soccer. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate the kind words. Hey, um, I'm actually really intrigued with you because simple player number two is actually really looking at STEM engineering schools and is sort of trying to make some decisions. So I'm, okay. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit on that part. Um, but um, uh, why don't we just start? I'd like to start out uh, with just sort of getting your background. I mean, I know you've been you, you've been there. I mean, you're a legend at the institution, I would presume at this point. You've been there since 1996. I mean, I think you played there. But maybe you could just sort of go into sort of your soccer journey, how you ended up getting to RIT. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, thanks. So, yeah, I I, uh, I became a soccer rat pretty early in life. Next door neighbor was this German who got me into it. I played for another guy, Turkish guy, as a young child who played at Michigan State back when they were a legit program. Um, had some good people around me in high school who, you know, honestly, I, you know, I was kind of a casual player. I enjoyed the game, but I didn't take it too serious till I got to RIT and played for Coach Doug May. Um, and I can remember my first preseason. I called home and told my father, I was like, Dad, I don't know how to play. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I mean, because it was so intentional. Everything you did had a purpose, and it was a collective thing. And Man, I drank the Kool-Aid that that preseason, and you know, still tasted, you know, to this day, uh, a way to play, a way to train, about the collective always, um, fun way to play, can be, uh, we were ultra competitive, um, so I had a great experience in college. I started uh, um, as a volunteer assistant, my finishing up my during my fifth year at RIT as a co-op, because of the co-ops we have. Mm. Um, Left left town for a couple of years to, you know, join the professional ranks and had uh, worked in a field that I, uh, you know, I kind of was going to be the way I made my living and I was doing pretty well, but I missed it. So I moved back to Rochester and started uh, had an opportunity to coach part time as an assistant for four years for Mike Pilger at U of R. Um, and then Coach May left, unfortunately, RIT and I was I had secured another research position at RIT um, on the professional side. And when Coach May left, they made the position part-time. So I was fortunate to be able to take the position in a part-time role, which I held for 18 years. We, I was uh, doing dual duty. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it was around 2013, I was able to step aside from the other gig and, and go full-time as a coach. So, you know, been a Tiger all my life. and. Love the environment we have. Love the, you know, I think RIT's got a, we've been on a continual rise since I got there in 83. Mm -hmm. um, and we can, we are on a continual positive slope. You know, enrollment's still growing for us. Uh, our academic standard continues to grow and grow, and we're, we consider ourselves a national university. So yeah. real happy to be where I'm at today and still got the, still uh, got that taste of the Kool-Aid in my mouth. That's that's what I'm doing this for. Like you can, I, I tell my sons, like you can hate the game, 
you can love the game, you can be indifferent about the game, but you never escape the game, right? Like you're, there's something, if you get, if you get bit at some point in life, like this is what I love, you're just never going to leave. And at some point you always come back and that's what I'm doing. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm curious. And I ask a lot of coaches is especially that have a, um, a tenure in the game, a long tenure in the game. Do you, have you, do you think players have gotten better over since you first started, or even when you were playing? Are they are they more intelligent? Are they are, do they understand tactics more? Are they more technical? Good question. You know, it's funny because a lot of people, alumni or other, you know, it comes up. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I try to focus on the now. But you know, in reflection, I'd say different. Mm -hmm. I, and I, the game's evolved. We have more information and tools available to us. I hope I've involved as a soccer person, someone who watches the game all the time and has been coaching for a bit. Um, and I think the players have access now, uh, certainly in the United States, to uh, seeing more of the game at a higher level than we ever did. I remember, you know, Saturday mornings going over to Mr. Jacobs' house, the German guy, and I think it was taped, but the, Engl the English League was on PBS on Saturday mornings. And then we got Serie A games as I was a teenager. Our, our RAI was this, you yeah. know, when cable was first starting. Yeah. You know, oh the games. Like, RAI, yeah. Those were, yeah. that's where you got to see the one game or you got snuck in there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. In yeah. Italian, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think the guys have access, the, the players, men and women, uh, have access to more opportunities to watch. And I think you learn, you can learn a lot from that. I, certainly the, the internet and the availability of uh, lots of uh, quote unquote information around tactics and everything else about the game is, is ubiquitous. But uh, in the end, you know, there's, I think, certain core things that we got to focus on and have t opportunity, especially in division three where um, it isn't a profession where we have to be mindful of life balance. I think, uh, um, you know, part of our task as coaches is to spend time focusing on the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, countless coaches have said they're teachers. They're coaches, but they also end up being teachers and, you know, in leadership development and a bunch of, especially through COVID ended up being counselors, you know, like therapists for guys, you know, so you wear many hats, that's for sure. You mentioned this a little bit and why you were so tuned into to RIT. Um, how important is team culture to you and your program? And is it something that you, do you, it, I mean, is it something that you beat the drum on a lot and try to make sure these guys are bought into a certain way and they conduct themselves a certain way and, you know, they're on the bus? Yeah, I, you know, I can honestly say, <coughs> excuse me, um, we tell our, I talk to recruits and I, when our team comes in that we stress that the, the, the thing you'll carry with you the longest are the relationships you develop. I mean, that's, you know, uh, my best friends who are still in town or don't live in town were former teammates. 
guys at my wedding, etc. Godfather to my children, our former teammates. And I see that with over the course of my career that those relationships continue to be, you know, uh, you know, whether it's guys that played for me in 96 or guys that played for me last year. My son graduated in 19 and he's getting married this summer and, uh, you know, half his wedding party are, party are teammates. teammates yeah. so, that, so the relationship is real. And, and I think, you know, I don't use the word, I know culture's, uh, I'd say, I don't want to say it's a buzz because it's real, mm-hmm. but our language is a little different. We, you know, we, we talk about expectations and we mm-hmm. talk about, you know, values. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we try and uh, create an environment or, or provide an environment which allows people to um, create so-called culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, let me ask you, you said you were a national university. Do you r- recruit nationally or sure. you sure. do? Yeah, we have kids from all 50 states on campus, 100 different countries. Mm-hmm. We've got five international kids on the team now. We'll have seven or eight next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we're – I mean, we RIT has a historically been a Northeastern draw, but uh, as we've grown over the last 25, 30 years – you know, California is one of the top states for where students come from. So we have a great, that's a great opportunity, but you also have to be careful to dilute your, not to dilute your efforts and try to be focused. We're still, if you look at our roster, predominantly Northeastern U.S. Uh-huh. And you mentioned international players. Is that intentional or do they, do you, I mean, will you get engaged in that process or is it guys coming to you and be like, hey, I want to. Uh, historically, it was the latter. I would say uh, in the last four or five years, we've been more intentional about it. We've kind of viewed it as a opportunity. We've got 2,500 international students at RIT out of our 20,000 students. Uh-huh. So for me, it's a potential competitive advantage, and we, so we're trying to be more intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them come through the New England prep school circuit, others that we've forged relationships with people around the globe. Yeah. We've got two Costa Ricans. We've got some people uh, in the Far East that we talk to pretty regularly, although that's become a little more challenging since COVID. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, I think it's definitely an intentional approach. We, it's a, it's a, it's an element of our recruiting yeah. tactics. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let me ask you, um, without prompting, what if somebody were to come up to you? And say, hey, how do, how do you think your season went? What's your assessment now that you have some time um, to digest it and get over any any nagging things that you might have had on your mind about? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know how it works. Yeah. There's, there's the uh, emotional toll a season can take you on you, positive or negative, and but then it's important, you know, as you. I think get more experience, you'll learn that assessment and anything we do where we're in a process of trying to develop assessments critical. So we typically take a month off after the season and don't think too much. We kind of, you know, are there for each other. Um, generally, unless you win the national championship, you're winning out, you're ending your season on a sour note. So um, I think uh, we go through that process and, you know, we do it on an individual basis and we do it on a collective team basis. We look at it from uh, what it looked like on the field. Um, we look at a lot of data. We look at a lot of film. Um, and then we have conversations around the, the 
the coaching staff and our you know what we thought we were trying to do and mm-hmm. where we what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I you know we probably I, I would without question last season was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some like like every program has we had adversity we had some early um, relative injury it's it's, mm-hmm. it's standard you know we play this compressed season preseason and then jump into games. So this isn't whining, but this was a, a factor for us that we had to absorb, and we talked about it because it was real. We lost three starting backs, and you know by the second week of the season. And interestingly, we had one of our better defensive seasons statistically. Mm-hmm. We gave up four goals uh, twice in games, and if you pull those out, we had one of our best defensive seasons. Mm-hmm. So our attacking phase was really more the the. the you know, frankly, the the opportunity that we missed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> it, you know, our, we finish eight five and five, and you know, five losses is, you know, relatively low amount. The five ties with with the change in overtime was the most ties we'd had in the season. Uh, but I think you know, we honestly look back and say that you know there were easily, easily twelve. Um, victories in that in that season mm-hmm. and that totally relate to how we performed so yeah, yeah. Um, we got to be honest and critical and that's you know we start next Saturday a week from uh, this coming Saturday sorry a week from Friday we start uh, our spring season mm-hmm. so we'll get together Tuesday and do some leadership development stuff and part of that will be you know an objective assessment of how things went and, and what our expectations are moving forward yeah. All right. So I have two, two, two questions that popped up. You said you look at a lot of data. Do you do? Do you, I mean, you guys are a technical school, so it wouldn't surprise me if you do. Do you? Do you dive into just raw numbers about how you performed and what you? Sure. Um, it's it's one piece, and we don't overweight it. But you know, for example, from the physical load perspective, we've we've I think we've become pretty. Um, agile using GPS data to help us monitor player readiness, mm-hmm. fatigue. Um, that takes effort and time looking at numbers every after every training session, mm-hmm. frankly, and after every game. And then from uh, team performance, we've got an analytical package we do we we uh, deploy with our game video and with scouting. So and, you know that that gives you visual and you can see things. But you know I sometimes the data helps you focus in on, you know, low hanging fruit or or things you really got to pay attention to. So we use that in the end. I got it. We're, we're blessed with a fantastic coaching staff of great experience. Um, Yuri Lavernienko played in Indiana, played, played in the MLS where he's a wealth of knowledge and Kevin May has coached. It was a help assistant to Ray Reed at UConn and, and Trevor, uh, at, at Albany, so you know we're really fortunate to have some guys with great experience. So I don't want to make it about the data. It's in the yeah. Area. Oh no, no, yeah. It's just a component that always intrigues me. Again, knowing how the seasons are, and you know, there's only so much time that you can involve yourself into anything. So I'm always curious about sort of use it, the use of data and how deep you can go. Right. I I know. Um, Coach Flugrad at Roanoke, I've talked to him quite a bit about his use of data, and it's usually a postseason thing, right? Like they 
aggregate, spend time aggregating data, and they look at it. Like I said, a component. Um, <coughs> but it does, yeah. It, coaching staff is all is everything. Ultimately, that's what that's what ends up um, happening. Yeah, I, our, our primary constraint with wanting to do what we do is time. Time, um, yeah. All, you know, our our assistants yeah. are all part time. They work during yeah. the season pretty much yeah. on a very part time basis. So, yeah. you know, that's. And we can complain about them. We're hopeful to, you know, be able to get a full-time assistant. But the reality is, it's you have to work with what you have, and yeah, yeah. time is a definitely constraint. Um, so I I looked at when I was looking at your schedule, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, I I just look at like the cadence of your your games, right? Like you know, win loss tie, win loss tie. And it looks like you couldn't get like that momentum, that early momentum that some teams, right? Like if you go five and zero to start a season, man, like things just sort of naturally happen and you're feeling really good and it, you have a better chance of getting to your sixth win. And, and it just looks like you kind of, hey, we got a win. Oh, and then we taught you would tie early on or then you have a loss. I mean, is that, would that be it? Is that a fair way to look at that? I mean, is that you felt? Hundred percent fair uh, yeah. observation. It's it's, it's accurate. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of what happened. Um, yeah. You know, we kind of went in. We we had a preseason trip to Costa Rica, so we came in August first, yeah. trained for a week, Costa Rica training, playing down there. Um, so we thought the stage was set. We'd had a real good season the year before, but then some injuries. I, you know, honestly, we got caught up. I don't know if you. I ever read Pat Riley's book, but I, to some degree, we got, we had the disease of me early in the season, and it, uh, it, it, it was, at the time we knew it was an issue. Yeah. And interestingly, in the postseason one-on-ones, came up as the number one issue for us. Yeah. It took too long to come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting, especially after the trip, and you think you have all this stuff going around where you're like. Hey, we're really coming together, and then it doesn't happen, right? Like, that's... yeah, it really made me pause and give attention. So you know, there's a bell curve of where yeah. everybody's at, and you, you know, you got to be give attention to the everything. You everything. really do. Yeah. And and frankly, the the ends can be tipping points. So we, yeah. and they were for us last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was there anything that? surprised you uh, or is a highlight from the team like did you is there something that you walked away and we were like hey, man that was just awesome oh sure i think we you know when you realize you're struggling yeah there's two ways it can go you know oh, yeah. and, and our guys showed great resilience because yeah. they knew we were struggling yeah. and frankly some of the systemic challenges we faced never really resolved or they're, they're, they're gonna they're resolved now but um, so, you know, hanging with it. And then, you know, we knew in October, okay, we got, we could play and, you know, clearly we don't, we're not prime, we're not yeah. optimum, but we could play and we could play with anybody. And, you know, we felt when we going into the Liberty League tournament, um, you know, we, we, we were competitive and we were in the game and I, frankly, we had opportunities to win that semifinal match against, uh, Saint Lawrence, frankly, it was it was there for us. We we didn't again the attacking phase let us down a bit. Yeah, 
yeah. And they were a real good side. I mean, Tosh, oh, what a team, he, what a year he had in their, their program. And, yeah. you know, they were consistently the, the top team all year. And yeah. uh, so, you know, but, I, you know, when, when it was going well, we thought we could be there. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he does something special up there. You know, like he's got he's got a great program. He's a great guy, like one of the nicest great guys guy. I've ever met. You know, see him at a tournament, it's like, hey, simple coach, what's going on? <coughs> yeah, he uh, drags drags Kevin and I in the office right after the game, and yeah. you know, he's you know, and he wasn't being contrite. He's this yeah. how he is. Really nice guy. Yeah. After a really competitive match, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you said, they are they they are very good. I mean, I want to. My favorite players, I thought he could be player of the year, was Marvin Sabanda, right there midfield. Like, that guy is special. You watch him and you just see, like, yeah, you're just on a different level of quality than, than everyone else. And um, Agree 100%. Yeah. He was, and, he's a, and he was a great kid, too. Oh, yeah, he's, that's what I've he heard. picking guys up off the field after, you know, our guys are shattered, and he's one of the guys going up and picking them up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard, too. Like, he's just an all-around gentleman on the field, too, or – in the game um so let me ask it and again you sort of alluded to this you 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 tied i mean some you tied brockport you tied um marietta you tied university of paywall excuse me university of rochester um rpi and then union so you had five ties mm -hmm. would, would you and I'm thinking in the context of not having overtimes anymore. Do you, are you for or against not having overtime? Would you have preferred to see about getting, like playing it to the bitter end um, against those guys? Uh, honestly, no. I, you know, certainly we, we want to get a result always. Mm -hmm. um, but because of the compression in college soccer, mm -hmm. I'm not a, I think, you know, there's years where, so say with those five games, we go into overtime and we play the full. It's a whole other game. You it's a whole, it's game. two extra games on the schedule. Yeah. We are already struggling to find, I mean, between recovery days mm -hmm. and pregame, you know, if you get a, a good training session and once every two weeks, you're in a good spot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's where I stand on the overtime. Uh, to me, you got it. It's part of our game. It's the nature of football, and right. I, you know, we, and all those games were different. And I'd say our performances in all those games were different. Some were better than others. Like Brockport scored with, I think, f 10, 12 seconds left, thirty. Oh my gosh! But honestly, they were, they were on the front foot. Yeah. We were, we had scored, and we were up. Yeah. And some other games that we drew, I mean, we're just again back to the attacking phase yeah. for us. We, we struggled. Yeah. Brockport was was I was I was really impressed with them. I mean, they had they had it going this year. <coughs> really good attacking team. A handful, just a lot of options up there. They they were a tough one. Gary did a, had a great season. Yeah. Um. All right. So so t tell me about that St. Lawrence game. Um. That that you like I said you went eight eight five and five. You made the semis in the in the Liberty League tournament. Um. And again, you lost to the eventual, like we mentioned, St. Lawrence. Like, how, what was that? What was that game like? What was your mindset going into knowing that you were sort of—I don't want to say struggling, but you had these struggles throughout the season that you were just, you know, you, you were hoping. I guess 
you know, you're hoping to hit the good day against games yep. you know, on certain games, right? And and so, yeah, I'm just curious as to how you thought that went. And... Well, we found it started as a great opportunity. We, we They'd smacked us in the regular season. We had like a 15-minute period where they put three goals in on us, and we were on the back foot, you know, right at the first half when, in the regular season. And I think that was end of September, maybe early. maybe Yeah, I think it was end of September. But by October, we were feeling good. We were confident. We, you know, we went in. We went to Albany, excuse me, all, uh, Union, and drew against them. And frankly, had a did not perform well that day. That was the last game of the season. You know, I, I think it was indicative of kind of where our mindset was through the season. This up and down thing you talk mm -hmm. about, um, just having the discipline to show up every day and and trust what it is we're trying to do. Um, and Union played well that day. Frankly, we were. They scored late again, but honestly, second half we were on the back foot. So, uh, but we had a great contest at RPI in the first round away on the road, and um, I think RPI was, you know, they had a their record was tough last year, yeah. but, but they were a good team, and we knew it, yeah. and we had a great performance on the day. So then. You know, kind of a quick turnaround. We got to go out and play St. Lawrence, but we were feeling pretty good. We were quote unquote healthy. Uh, we we did lose a player going into the game, but honestly, where we were at, it wasn't affecting us. We we felt good going into the game. Um, tough place to play, huge field, as yeah. you've probably heard, eighty by one thirty or whatever it is. Maybe it's one twenty, but beautiful. huge field. Yeah, beautiful. And they, the and they were good. So they're like, hey, let's make it huge. <laughs> So they stretch you out, and you got to yeah. be very disciplined. Yeah, and you got to take your chances when they're there. I mean, you could get chances against them, but we didn't take those chances that were given to, that we earned. And you know, they, they had a, they had a, you know, in the end, I think it was a fair result on the day. But we oh. also thought we were right there with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, right? Because you, you're right. I'm just sort of looking, and just based on your comments so far. Maybe except for St. Lawrence in the first game. Vassar smacked us too. Vassar, yeah, see Vassar, but outside of those, like you're, you're in every game. I always say like if you're a one, it's if a one goal differential if on the win or loss side. Like you're, there's something about that game that you're 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 right there, and you are. I mean. Like you were, it's almost like that. You're just that close, man. If we could just, you know, yep. just do that one little thing, it would be um, big difference. But um, just a, a few more questions, unless I go down rabbit holes. But what to, what are your plans for this spring? Knowing sort of the things that you have to you have to address from the season, and like what what how are you looking at it? Um, Excited. Always, I can't wait. Um, you know, we kind of sit around in this period, January to March, where, you know, you see the guys in the weight room and you can see watch, watch them, they're playing futsal three, four times a week. And there's communication that goes on, but there's there's no real formal team training. So can't wait. Excited to see them on a regular basis. Excited to get back on the field. Um, you know, this is the beginning of the next of our season. That's the way we look at it. So, as I said, we'll get together off the pitch and kind of we'll get alignment on what we expect of one another, what we expect of ourselves, what we expect of the staff. Um, and then we get to work. Uh, you know, 
people who look at spring and say, well, are you doing more individual development or collective? And I think it's always a bit of both. Mm -hmm. we, we have a, I'd say, a somewhat unique challenge in that because of RIT is heavy with co-op programs. So we, we have six upperclassmen who aren't on campus this semester. Mm -hmm. You know, leaders, more veteran players. Yeah. So you can say, well, that's kind of makes it harder. But really, my view is it's opportunity for some younger players to step up. And that's what we'll look for. Um, so that my, my, my mindset is on next Friday. Yeah. You know, we have a plan for the whole pre spring. But, you know, my focus right now is on a week from Friday when we get on the pitch for the first time. So this, I just thought of another question. Um, does, so you know how next year you'll be able to extend, you'll get more training days? 24 I mean, days, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming you're you're okay with that. That's a that's a good thing for you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, 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 I understand the constraints in Division Three relative to equity in some programs they don't even have full-time head coaches. So, yeah. and they don't have staff and facilities. Yeah. But I think it's wrong what we do with student athletes and constraining them. You know, we tell them they can go in the weight room for three hours a week, but they can't do field training with their coaches. Yeah. I think that's a little misguided. I, I, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Our best development year mm -hmm. was 2020. Really? We, we played three games in the spring. Yeah. There was no fall season. Yeah. We, that, that group, we, they, we grew so much as, mm -hmm. as to, culture as to yeah. how we played as yeah. to being together you know tactically and understanding in detail you know it, it was the best year because we had we had 73 training sessions and only three matches yeah that's interesting that's a good that's interesting i never no one ever said that before like uh, the toughest of times right like some of the most difficult decisions are made in those previous six months or whatever it is and then you end up you end up having your you consider one of your best years and development wise i think the yeah, player yeah. experience it was yeah. tough you know tough. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, i can't yeah. imagine being a, a college student during those years yeah. um but certainly from a individual and collective development no question yeah wow that's interesting um Okay, the other one that I've been, it's been, I'm assuming that's Louis Armstrong behind you. Like, are you a big fan? Uh, family, soccer, music, kind of. <laughs> okay, all right. Like, he's looming large. Like, I'm like, hey. Okay. Yeah, I had that, the, my, my main room, it's it's all glass, and it was just, it was, I couldn't right. get a yeah. spot to sit. So, <laughs> yeah, this is my music room. I got Bob Marley over there, Hank Williams. Beatles, you know. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Um, hey, I, I just, is there, I don't know, like academically, is there, is it challenging at RIT that might, other schools might not have just because of the very, again, I always just think the STEM nature. And so, you know, I know my son's looking at, at schools. Like there's a lot of demands that are placed on those kids because of the technical nature. Do you, do you experience that? I mean, do you do you see that? Sure. Uh, all you know, RIT is a pretty diverse place academically. STEM certainly is a core. Yeah. Engineering, computer science, but we've yeah. got a College of Health Sciences where we got guys in pre med. We've got a large business, the uh, Saunders College of Business is a large entity. A lot of 
got, got four or five guys in that program. Mm -hmm. um, and they're all rigorous. It's a challenging environment, but that's what that's what kids sign up for when they come. And that's one of the things I like about our conference is there, you know, I think there's a spectrum of yeah. schools in the United States, the 400 and whatever it is, 13, Division Three, yeah. you know, whatever it may. But in our conference, and, and is barred like RIT? No, but it's super challenging and rigorous academically. It's just really liberal arts based where we're on like RPI more yeah. on the same side. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Um, Time is what we tell the kids. You know, if you if you're going to be successful, you have to you're going to give some things up outside yeah. of yeah, you know, on the social side if you want to be a student athlete. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I don't think I don't think definitely in my experience that wasn't drummed in. Right, it was just like you played and then you were a student. It wasn't as vigorous as it is now, but it's very true. Like. There are sacrifices. If you're going to do this well and you're going to succeed and both academically and on the soccer field, there are sacrifices that you have to make. I mean, without a doubt, without a doubt. And it's, I, I will always say, again, this might be age, but they're, they're good sacrifices, right? Like, you know, like you're, are you partying as much as other guys? Maybe not, right? Probably not. You hope not. Um, and that's not a bad thing, right? It's just, um, so. No, this is it's that's spot on, and as I think our number one opportunity every year with young people is getting them to see the value and the yeah. that it is worth it. Yeah, because uh, it's exhausting, man. Yeah. It's exhausting. We, you know, we one of the other contributors I think to our season last year was was me and our, our scheduling. We kind of got um, during COVID, we had some things drop out. We had teams drop out very late, and we had eleven road games. We had eight overnight trips. Oh a typical year is two for us. Yeah, yeah. And it was exhausting. And yeah, yeah. I, I acknowledge that going in, and yeah. but it was tough to manage. It really was. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is, it's true. I always say like the, I don't think people realize, you know, over the weekend it's, it might be a little bit different because there's not the pressure of being away from class and all that kind of stuff. But the midweek. I don't think people appreciate how hard it is to do yep. a midweek game traveling. Even if it's just two hours down the road, three hours down the road, your day is shot. Like it's just, it's the nature of it. So, um, it's not for everybody. Yeah. 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 Like it does. Like I said, it's a commitment. It requires a sacrifice and you gotta be, you, you want to be eyes wide open, which is what I think. I mean, this totally side, tangent thought right which is what i think a lot of kids that are going into you know transferring from different schools like i don't it's not a bad thing i'm not ripping them for it but i don't necessarily think they had they were eyes wide open when they went through their process to select that original school right and so and then suddenly they get there and it's not what they thought well if you paid attention you probably might have noticed some things that, that yeah you know it was more aspirational than it was reality right like, yeah. Um, which happens, right? I mean, they are, after all, 17, 18-year-old kids. Yeah. Yeah. Allowed to make mistakes. I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of with you. I think, I hope everybody has opportunity in life to change direction and make yeah. corrections. Yeah. I just hope we haven't made it, you know, to some degree. Uh, you, don't, you, you don't want to enable, um, you know, this acquitting behavior. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
that you don't want to make it too easy for somebody to be like, I don't like it. I'm doing something right. You know, like if you're making a commitment, you got to understand that commitment. And I think I think that's very true. I, you know. I, I wonder what, you know, so there's a there's examples on the transfer portal mm-hmm. for schools. Mm-hmm. You know, now that's going to change now. They've yeah. adapted the rules a little bit, but for schools. Yeah. What was I just can't imagine what's going through that young person's mind yeah. thinking somewhere else is going to be better. Yeah. 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 Like, <coughs> excuse me. It, it's, it's, it's different. You know, <laughs> like it's it, the same sack level of sacrifice, same expectation. I always say there is no, forget the rules and right. There's probably more intensity just in terms of commitment to where you're at at a Division One level, but there's no difference between a Division One player and a Division Three player in terms of effort, commitment, you name all those intangibles, right? Like, Yeah, I think the balance, you know, the balance is different, right? I, clearly at Division One, the, um, you know, the, the, the time yeah. probably is a little, is, is a bit more, but the, the priority is clearly different when yeah. you're on an academic or an athletic scholarship. It's yeah. how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the clarity at Division Three. No, I do too. I mean, that's that's why I think I, again, I was a Division Three player, so, um, you know, I, I do think there is an understanding, not for everybody, and you know, I do think that there's an understanding that, you know, you have four years to do this, and then you're off, and you have to make way in life and you have to you're hoping in college is going to help you lead get you there um you're not going to get a contract with barcelona or man united man city coming out of the division three school right and so you want to be best prepared for that life ahead of you and i think division three recognizes that i think so too like i said i i know i'm in the right spot for me and yeah um you know i'm totally at ease with <clears throat> with the priorities that we should be reinforcing with our student athletes. Yeah. Um, hey, what does your recruiting class look like for the fall? Are you done with it? Do you have your guys? Um, so I'd say we're about uh, probably half uh, completely done. We've we, certainly we've, we've identified the players we hope. Um, mm-hmm. We had about half. Uh, RIT, one of the things, and so there's two pieces. One, you know, our early decision process is even later than most schools. So our regular decision kids, some of them are still haven't gotten their financial aid package yet. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, three, maybe four more players that we're uh, hoping to, that we've committed roster spots to should they decide to come. And at mm-hmm. this point, it's got just down to financial aid. And yeah, um, we had two early decision guys that, committed and mm-hmm. yeah, we're psyched about them always we always are and yeah. see great opportunities for these young men coming in yeah. uh, we got a couple international kids that were are part of this regular decision pool that you know could we really like and uh-huh. are hopeful for but the next couple of weeks i think it shakes out yeah yeah you're either going to be really you know you're going to be like totally pumped or oh my gosh i didn't you know i the last few don't 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 deliver right i mean that's the pins and yeah we're in a good spot we have we return you know 26 guys so oh, yeah. um it's not like 
you know, we're thinking about how yeah. to continue. You have to continue to build every year. Yeah. You have to keep raising the platform, and that's what we're trying to do. But, yeah. well, you know, we're, we get nobody, and we're ready for the season. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're carrying, what, like 32, 33? We had 33 on the roster. We, we still got the COVID hangover, so yeah, yeah. typically we're at 27, 28. Mm-hmm. But guys being able to be around for five years we've gotten some latitude from the department to have a little bit larger roster so we got this season and the season after and then things will get back to what they close with all right last one i'll let you get on with your day um do you you have have you ever do you have already outlined goals for for next for the fall um or is it a little too early for you or or are you waiting for the contrib you know to pull together the team and be like you guys figure out what your goal what you want to do and accomplish so we'll have process goals that will be established pretty soon right Mm -hmm. so we reconvene the team and we start with we we reinforce what our non-negotiables, which are our priorities, mm-hmm. Nathan family is one, academics two, mm-hmm. our IT soccer three. Mm-hmm. From that, we we call through attributes, values that we know are going to be important for us to mm-hmm. uh, demonstrate and hold each other accountable to. And mm-hmm. we establish a list of expectations uh, that'll happen in the coming weeks, mm-hmm. early part of the spring. Performance goals won't really be established till preseason. Yeah. Process goals right now are the focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Do you, this would be for something else. I, I, do, do, you ha, do you have like a document that has that stuff? Um, we, we, ultimately we do, oh, yeah. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it, I won't, wouldn't share. I'm just really. No, interested. no, no. It's, it's a fair question. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you asked me about culture earlier and I think there's lots of, um, clearly, the mental health of our student athletes, the visibility has, has risen. COVID, other state of society, mm-hmm. critical. And I acknowledge that. I think. I think we're pretty. We're, we're cognizant of that, and we, we're intentional with with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I but I try hard not to get caught up in. It's like I'm not a huge social media guy. Yeah. It's an important tool for recruiting and for visibility for the program. That's the extent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, there can be, just because information's out there doesn't mean it's good information. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's what Abe Lincoln said. He did. I didn't, yeah. know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. No, there's a, there's like, hey, Abe Lincoln, you know, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Abe Lincoln, you know, is quoted, and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I would subscribe to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, Coach, this is awesome. Um, appreciate your time. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. Um, wish you the best. Uh, definitely, if we have a chance, let's connect before the season and just sort of see what your expectations are and do a little bit of a preseason review. Um Happy to do that. And I want to highlight, I know you go out and visit different facilities. So we had phase one, we put in a new turf and lights last August. And I expect uh, late this spring, we're going to do the final phase of a stadium development project. It's going to be phenomenal. So when that comes around, we want to get you to. Oh, totally. I'm totally up for that. Um, I got to ask you now that now 
I actually have a your campus map up. So I go to Rochester on business hat, and I've and I've driven through University of Paywall at Rochester, University of Rochester. Yeah. Um, how how close or far are you from? We're five minutes from the airport. Five U of R is five minutes up the river. Ah, okay. So we're a little, just a bit south of the airport, and we're due south of U of R. I'll totally. I, I actually have to Open get an invitation, up. man. Love to show you around. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I did see the. I did watch a couple of games of yours in the fall, and so your turf. Um, I didn't know that was part of a bigger project that you're you're building. That's awesome. I I've been saying. We're at a point, especially again, small school or not, Division Three doesn't matter. Like, I think table stakes are becoming like, what are the type of facilities that you yep. have for the soccer program? Not, I hate to say not shared because all you share all this stuff, but, but like, there's something to be said about schools that have soccer, lacrosse stadium yep. versus play. Yeah, and I yeah, think we don't have. You know, for me, I'm, we're fortunate. We don't have American football. We're yeah. the football team on campus, yeah. and we've got a great lacrosse program. And but there's spring, so we yeah. manage that, and yeah. we're very fortunate. Our IT is investing a lot mm -hmm. in our athletic complex, and we're, we're, you know, I couldn't be happier. Having yeah. been around for a long time, the last couple of years have been outstanding in that yeah. regard. There's more to come. Yeah. Are you? Is it on campus? Oh yeah, it's right in the yeah. middle of campus. Yep. Yeah. Oh really? Tiger Stadium. Well, that's Tiger Stadium. Tiger Stadium. It's actually it's now called Doug May Field. We we raised um, money through the program to have the the new field named after Coach May, who passed. Oh, okay. I'm definitely gonna get up there. Like I said, I gotta cool. I gotta work. I'm not getting up there in the winter. That's just the bottom <laughs> <line>. <laughs> no. I'm just telling you that. But, See you uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, because it aren't. I keep thinking it's St. John Fisher is up there too as well, isn't there? Yeah, so Fisher's about 15 minutes from us, east, more on the eastern side of town. Yeah, I did it. I did one of my things at. Uh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, St. John Fisher, lovely, yeah. like beautiful, beautiful campus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're much different. We're a, a pretty sprawling campus. We're yeah. we're self we're self contained. We got all our own land, or like you know, U of R is kind of embedded within the city yeah, we're kind yeah. of that's why okay. i didn't stop it well and aside from the whole you can't watch a soccer game on there because you have to pay eight dollars for it really drives me nuts but uh, <laughs> um those are free yeah no i know it, that's why i call them university of paywall because you can't um i can't watch their games coach apple's wise he's probably got some influence there it makes it harder to scout <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the um so i didn't that's why i didn't stop there too because it, it was hard for me to say like where is campus you know because yeah. everything just sort of meanders into oh there's a, there's like a hospital like all this different stuff going on i just got really confused and i don't do all well of that so i just kept driving um i'll definitely get up there though i'm really really that'll be that'll be definite definite so cool um, all right coach Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. time. Yep. All right. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks.
This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.